Hello there. Huh. I guess you're wondering where's the usual opener to this to, to this episode. Uh, this episode is a little bit different because as you're listening to this, I am on vacation, which means I'm most likely drunk somewhere drinking a margarita uh, with a sombrero on. <laughs> this this uh, episode is a White Cane Day episode. So happy White Cane Day to all of you out there. I have two of my friends on this episode joining me, Matt Selm and Greg Lindbergh. Um, they're going to share their thoughts about White Cane Day. And apparently I didn't know what that was. Well, I didn't know what White Cane Day exactly was, but I'll get scooted on this episode. So keep listening if you don't know what it is either. But yeah, I'll be back in uh, late November. So bye, guys. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to My Blind Life. One, two, three, four. And now we're live. There you go. How you guys doing? Uh, can you hear me? Four. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, right, I didn't know if you... Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're, good. we're recording now. <laughs> okay, <Or ecstatic>. awesome. <laughs> right, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, I'll let Greg go first and then uh, Matt. All right, so my name is Greg Lindbergh. I'm from the Tampa, Florida area. And uh, definitely excited to be on the podcast. All right, Matt, who are you, Matt? Let them know. <laughs> yeah, my name is Matt Salm. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, via Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, or the Cincinnati area. And I'm, I'll skip all my roles and responsibilities and just say I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you're from Ohio. I thought you were all full grown Kentucky. <clears throat> No, I'm from, well, I'm from Kentucky, just across the river from Cincinnati is where I grew up, so, oh, you know. okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically I'm letting everyone know this this episode's not uh, a usual episode. I just want to have uh, a couple of friends on here to talk about Lycane Day, and um, yeah, so we can talk about uh, what it means to us, um, how it feels to, to be an independent blind person, what we do at our workplace, um, what the ADA provides for us, you know, just, just simple things like that. So, um, I want to let you, uh, I'll ask you a couple questions, both of y'all and, um, start off with Greg. So, um, Greg, what's your visual impairment and, um, how long have you been blind? Have you been, have you been blind since birth or, 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 you know, eventually <coughs> went blind and uh, yeah. same question to Matt after Greg uh, finishes up. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a retinal condition called uh, LCA, which is short for the scientific name, Lever's Congenital Amaurosis. And uh, so basically it's a degenerative uh, retinal condition where I get little pigments on the retina and basically like a lack of sight, you know, lack of light perception as time goes on. And it is a genetic condition. Uh, I actually went for genetic testing about 10 years ago. And found out that both of my parents were carriers for it, even though we have no idea, you know, when it uh, would have been in the family. I mean, it could have been five, ten generations ago, for all we know. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, so when I was around two and a half, three years old, uh, my parents noted that I noticed that I was bumping into stuff and just was not, you know, mobility, mobility was not that great. Yeah. So they, you know, had my eyes checked and... Went through a ton of testing, which for a three-year-old was not that fun. I even vaguely kind of remember some of that. Oh, really? 
Damn. Yeah, where they did the, uh, I think it was the ERG, the electro retinogram, it's called, where they hook up the little electrodes to your eyes. And at that point in time, you had to sit still for literally like two, three hours. So, Jesus. <laughs> for a three year old? It's, oh, uh, yeah. So that was definitely brutal. Um, so it was basically through that test and some other tests that they originally thought I had retinitis pigmentosa, which is a similar retinal condition. And but later we had determined that it actually was uh, LCA. Wow. And so yeah, so basically, you know, I, my vision has progressively declined over time. Um, now it's to the point where I can pretty much see outlines of things. Really can't read, you know, print. I used to be able to read large print pretty well, and even smaller print, you know, with magnification. Um, so. Th- Throughout school, I was mainstreamed and went, you know, through pretty much all the normal schools and whatnot with the large print books. And I know at one point, my mom and I actually were at Kinko's yeah. uh, copying all my textbooks to blow them up. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably was not really legal, but <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I just had to have materials that I could use. Yeah. So we kind of had to do what we had to do. So. <laughs> Dang. Um, and how old but, are you now? 34. 34. Just turned 34 about a month ago. Yo. Okay, cool. oh, yeah. oh, that's right. Happy birthday. I forgot about that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Matt? How, what's your condition and uh, when did it start? Yeah, I have a uh, retinopathy of prematurity. So I was born basically three months and 10 days early. Oh, really? Oh, I weighed. Shit. I weighed one pound, 13 ounces at birth. And of course, I'm a little older than Greg. I'm 36. So uh, <laughs> they didn't know that, you know, of course, when you're a preemie, they put you in in an oxygen um, and incubator. And they just like flood the oxygen. And of course, that's what does all the damage oh, to your eyes. Yeah. Of course, they didn't know that back then. They, they do now, of course. Um, but yeah, and uh, of course, you know, there's a lot of side effects come along with ROP like glaucoma and, you know, like when I was growing up in school, I could read large print, um, probably in middle schools when I started to use Braille full time. Yeah. And then, you know, I had pretty, I had okay vision probably through college and probably here in the past couple of years, my glaucoma has really snuck up on me just, you know. Uh, and it's kind of, it hasn't taken out my vision completely, but it's done some, done some damage, you know? Dang. So, so, so you said you're a preemie, but yet you're like six feet and 38 inches tall. <laughs> 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 right? Like how yeah. tall are you? Right? You're tall, aren't you? I mean, I'm normal size. I'm six. So uh, no, I'm 5'11". So I'm a six feet and... <laughs> You know, pretty six, yeah, pretty, pretty average. Just imagine know. if he wasn't a preemie, how tall he would be, like seven, eight, <laughs> for, <laughs> like you Shaq know, or yeah, you know, LeBron. you say, you say that it's really funny. My, uh, I have an uncle that's like seven feet tall, and my uncle, what my other uncle's like six four, and my mother tells me all the time, she's like, you were supposed to be tall, you know, like your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, thanks, I, Mom. <laughs> I, I, I feel really small compared to you, man. I'm like 5'3". <laughs> like, and I was full nine-month term. 
That that just sucks for me. You know, Stephen, I used to date women shorter than you. Uh, isn't your wife shorter than me? <laughs> like five two? Oh damn, she is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I know you guys have uh, real good professional jobs. Um, what what do y'all do in y'all's life when you're not? You guys are not working with ACB or, or um, any other. Um, recreational programs like taking care of children (laughs) (laughs) Um, can i can i can i go first yeah yeah go ahead yeah i'll just say that taking care of kids is its own full-time job (laughs) 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 i have a soon-to-be four-year-old here in a couple weeks and a two-month-old and I've never been so tired in my whole life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I've spoken to you a few times when you know she was your daughter was born, the smallest one, and your tired level has just gone down and down and down. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard you like so many times. Like I'm getting tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to bed. My voice <laughs> getting lower and lower. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. Uh, yeah, so full-time, I work as an inbound contact representative for Humana. Oh. And uh, it's good Good people that work over there, and we serve the, the military. It's a good, a good client base, a good, good group of people, I'd say, on the, on the whole, really. Um, How long have you been you working know. there? Oh, man. I've been there for... Just past nine years, I think. Oh wow! Um, wow. Last last week, just past nine years. Yeah, Dang. started off as a contractor, and then through the NIB program, and then slowly, um, eventually got hired on there full time. So now I actually work for the company directly. Which working for uh, the NIB that's a that's a whole other podcast you should have in itself, Stephen. That's that was uh <laughs> i definitely keep that in mind yeah uh, what about you greg uh what do you do yeah so i work as a content manager for uh, saint leo university which is a private uh, catholic school based out of the tampa area and we also have locations in a few other states and so my main duties are uh, writing i write for the blog pretty much produce you know most of the content for the blog on our website and also manage uh, some freelance writers. Occasionally we have students and, and different individuals write, you know, content for that blog. So pretty much manage all that. And then I also host a podcast called St. Leo 360, um, where we, you know, just talk about different programs and talk with students, faculty, alumni, uh, about different programs, services. You know, I've had even some athletics folks on there. So <clears throat> definitely a nice variety. And then occasionally the accessibility office reaches out and, uh, you know, some other departments as well for me to review, you know, content with my screen reader. Um, Cause I use zoom text fusion and then jaws mainly through zoom text fusion to, uh, you know, make sure that all of our content we're putting out there for students specifically, or even prospective students through our website is accessible and that's that's really been exciting and rewarding that you know they they really consider me a great resource to come to uh, to be able to do that. So speaking about accessibility, um, 
you know, this this episode is about White Cane Day, and White Cane Day is, you know, if I'm most probably going to be wrong about this, but from what I think I remember is this is the day when the ADA law got passed, uh, right? Am I correct on that? No, we just passed the 30th anniversary that here uh, uh, last in July, maybe? Was it July, late July. So what is uh, what is White Cane Day then, exactly? I know it's... Uh, I think it's... When, uh, <laughs> when, yeah, when the White Cane Law... I know it was 1937. I do remember that year when the White Cane Law of some sort was passed. I, I know it had to do something about some kind of law. I think it's... Uh, I think it's a, you, all the declarations that I've read is it's, you know, declaring, you know, the White Cane is a symbol of blind people is independence and uh you know yeah kind of mobility throughout society and you know that that sort of thing okay and i think it started under the gosh i know i've read this i cannot remember was it the truman administration uh might have even been before that honestly was it truman or Steven, get on the internet and look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could. Can, My internet you sucks. You can edit this out. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you can. See, okay. You can. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted uh, women on here because they're smarter than us guys. <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna edit this out because I love this. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I do know that it also it also has something to do with you know drivers just being aware of blind pedestrians and you know just that awareness of, <laughs> of letting them cross obviously at, at intersections and yeah keeping an eye out for those who are blind traveling with a white cane. Okay, so and that- canes weren't didn't use. I don't think that there was a time that they were you know like they're standardized now, right? White, right. red tip. Well, I think there were actually the black case. canes at one point. Yeah. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah, because they were like uh, some were made out of wood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely some early versions that were, you know, looking back, were like, wow, how did they use that? <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, um, how important that is that to you guys, and how, how much does that mean to you guys about like you know where we actually have a day where um, that had to happen, and now we're here. I don't know how many years later hundreds maybe tens <laughs> man that's deep <laughs> i think um i i mean you know any um i mean white cane day on this on the surface of it is meant to raise awareness and you know so i think in that aspect it's it's extremely important right that you know we i mean there's not a lot of people out there that know blind people yeah, you know, even one person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially because the elderly, you know, we have an increasing elderly population, and uh, many of them are projected to have some vision loss due to macular degeneration and other other things. And you know, so I think in in that sense, I think it's really important. I mean, but how much have I personally sat around and thought about White Cane Day? Eh, you know. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I mean, I know it exists, you know, I know what it is, but, uh, 
you know, I've even went out and handed out information and, you know, you try to organize if you're active in any of the consumer groups or, you know, in the community at all, you try to organize some event around it just to raise awareness, but I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will say I have participated in a few uh, white cane safety day walks, I think is what we called them, Um, because I'm pretty involved in the American Council of the Blind and uh, specifically the Pinellas Council of the Blind chapter here in the Tampa area of Florida. So in October every year, I don't know if, you know, this year, with COVID and everything, but, uh, you know, in previous years, we would actually have a group of us, you know, from our, our council get together and and just walk down a very busy street, you know, downtown. And sometimes we would hold signs that said white cane law and, you know, please respect blind pedestrians. And I thought it was pretty cool, you know, to be having been part of those activities and, and raising that awareness because, you know, like Matt was saying, and then you were saying just, you know, how many people actually can say they know a blind or visually impaired person? It's it's one of those things. So to actually see a group of people out there in a very public, you know, in public sight, you know, in, in on a busy street where you have a lot of traffic and a lot of eyeballs coming by. I mean, it's I think it is powerful and very important to to show that, you know, we do care and. I guess kind of like Matt, you know, it's I'm not sitting around all the time thinking about specific laws necessarily or pieces of legislation or different things, but it's having specific laws like this on the books, I think is so critical, you know, just like the ADA and hopefully more and more laws to come, you know, like the Telecommunications Act and different things for audio description and the more that we get, I feel like the more, you know, blind and visually impaired people will be able to advance in society, you know, whether it's through education, employment, just recreation, and just in general visibility. So I think it's it's definitely important. Awesome. Matt, this blew Matt's answer out the water. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, not intentional. <laughs> just destroy me. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, like, you know, we don't, often think about white cane day and, and, and raising awareness on our everyday life. Um, I know for a fact, for sure, I don't. Um, when I'm going to the store, I'm thinking about is getting there as safe as possible or, you know, when I'm walking w- with my dog, I'm just, I'll, you know, make sure I don't trip on something, make sure he catches something and I want to get to the store or to anywhere I'm going and back. Um, what are some things that we can do on, on a normal basis to raise raise awareness um, and uh, what are some things maybe some stories that you guys had where like um, it was kind of like a horror story where you know someone pulled you by the cane or, or, or you know kind of think you weren't um, capable of doing what you were doing because you were blind and you had to let them know like hey I, I got it or you know in, in, in a sense without being a dick or maybe possibly having to be a dick sometimes. Um, <laughs> any, any stories if you guys want to share? Anyone can go first. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know one kind of funny story, just a quick story that comes to mind. Uh, a few years ago, I was going to this concert at a local venue, an indoor venue, 
and you know was walking through security the metal detectors and everything with my white cane and one of the security officers immediately came up to me and said excuse me but selfie sticks are not allowed in this venue oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and i you know played it cool i didn't get pissed off or upset i just you know it was definitely a you talked about education and raising awareness and it was an opportunity for me to say hey you know, excuse me, sir, but this is a white cane. This is a mobility tool that I use to get around. And, you know, these are absolutely allowed, just like guide dogs, you know, in your case, pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And he played it off, you know, tried to be cool, but <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of tell that he, he really was not aware of white canes and probably really had never had any interactions with a blind person in general. Aren't, so, aren't you know, even though too? it's just one... What's that? You're tall, right? Are like six something as well? Yeah, six one. And how tall is your cane? <laughs> uh, it's probably at least five, I don't know, five feet or like, more. Yeah. yeah selfie stick. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Man. Try and top that, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like like Greg said, I think on on the basic level, it starts with educating one person at a time, and that's sometimes um, kind of frustrating to do because you have the same conversations about mundane things that yeah. you know that people are just uh, amazed by the littlest stuff, right? Which I mean so yeah i mean that's kind of where it starts um as for uh a funny cane story i mean i i definitely don't have one as good as greg's situation where somebody's like hey let me show you where we're going and they like pick up my cane and i'm like okay buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have had that too where they try and like tap your cane on certain things for you yeah. to show you things and it's oh like, I've, yeah, I've had that too That's... <laughs> yeah um i have had I mean, uh, uh people take i've uh, got more funny dog stories than anything else so. oh yeah yeah i was about to say one like so uh one time i went to a restaurant in austin and Austin's supposed to be like this huge blind friendly place and it is uh, don't get me wrong, but like there are some certain bubbles and spots where you know people are not aware. Um, I go in there with my dog. It's a restaurant. I went to meet a friend there for breakfast, and um, this place is packed, like hugely packed. And usually, when like it's overwhelming, where like my dog won't be able to to, to handle it, I I tell him, "Hey, I, do you mind if I put my arm on your shoulder and your arm, um, and and you guide me?" Um. Again, she didn't, she didn't hear me, so she grabbed my dog's leash while I'm holding him and pulling him. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Wow>. He's working. <laughs> like, like, I mean, can I just put my arm, my hand on your shoulder or something, please? And, yeah, I was, like, intense. Like, she was, like, actually pulling him, too. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, you can't do <laughs> right. that. Whose dog is this? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, this is Wow. Terrible. That's... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I know I have had some other experiences just walking around and, you know, the young kids will kind of make comments. And I mean, I'm not, I don't get offended easily and I, you know, pretty much never have. Yeah. But occasionally you hear a kid, you know, say to their mom or dad, you know, what's that? What does he have or what is he doing or, you know, what is that thing? And, you know, once in a while, maybe I will respond myself and just say something. A lot of times I don't and just kind of let it go. Um, <laughs> Do you, I know uh, there, there was... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I know there was one time, uh, this was maybe, I don't know, two, three years ago at this apartment complex. And this young girl, she, she I guess she and her dad, you know, were outside their apartment. And she kind of started, like, running toward her dad and crying basically (laughs) basically away from me as i'm you know walking by (laughs) (laughs) and she said something about like you know daddy daddy oh my god like almost she was you know scared or she didn't know how to respond to a blind person walking by yeah and the dad made some comment i forget exactly what he said but it was something about like oh well you you know you can't get that disease or you can't become blind by being around basically implying you know like she almost she as suggesting like oh she must think like she might go blind just because she's being exposed to you know being around another blind person (laughs) and i mean that that definitely you know caught me off guard and i i just kept going but i i that really did kind of bug me because that was the first time anything that you know, significant where it's like, wow, do people really have this idea yeah. in their head about that? And I mean, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> Is there, um, Matt had brought it up a little, a few minutes ago about, you know, you have these conversations all the time and it, it gets kind of old and it does get frustrating. I know for me, it does get frustrating to repeat it and repeat it. Um, Greg, you're, 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 you're low tempered. Uh, <laughs> do you ever get frustrated <laughs> to, uh, uh, to having to repeat that all the time yeah i do you know a lot of people ask you know about the cane or what is it called or is it a stick or you know different things and also just about my vision you know how much can you see is a big question i get a lot and i will say you know i don't lose my temper or anything but <laughs> it does kind of get old after a while god and damn it sometimes <laughs> <That's all laughs> it's i know and sometimes it's like i don't even like i i you know not choke up but i like freeze and i'm like wait a minute how am i supposed to answer this even though i've like answered it so many times it's like you know one of those things i just hardly you know i I, it's just something built in like i know my vision and i don't think much of it and so having to explain it it's kind of like whoa you know i kind of have to think for a second how to really communicate it accurately what about you matt you have any uh weird questions that people have asked you about your blindness? I mean, I, I definitely, um, I mean, always, you know, how much can you see? And I think the one, the one that I found probably the weirdest in my time is I was, I was in Chicago and I was taking a cab to the airport and the guy that was driving me was like, Oh yeah. He's like, uh, so did you go to one of those schools with wine? I was like, well, no, He's like, okay. And uh, he's asking me, you know, if I was dating anybody. And uh, I said, well, yeah. He was asking me if she was vision impaired. And I said, yeah, you know. 
I was like, well, that's good, you know, that they can, like, match you people up, you know, oh, like we're shit. on some kind of an, like, an arranged, like an arranged marriage thing. I was like, well, damn. I, mean, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. That's, that's what I always, I always think about. Um, I mean, you know, it, I don't know. It's... uh yeah, I don't know. It's just like, uh, you know, you get all these questions all the time. I, I got this, this uh, you know, I was mentioned I had more dog stories than anything else. Well, when I was in uh, college, uh, I got on the on the bus yeah. and I was with a friend of mine and this, this lady's like, get away, dog. And she like starts trying to bop my dog on the nose. And, oh, wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And uh, before I could say something, my friend was like, you know, if you don't bother the dog, the dog won't bother you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, my dog was pretty, she was pretty laid back. I mean, you yeah. know, you could, you could do just about anything to her and she wouldn't, she wouldn't care, you know, but a uh, little, you know, other things too. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever experiences you know but people especially you know you definitely get a lot more attention with a dog yeah than you obviously do with sure. a and uh you know sometimes people with the dog they're like hey does it bite you know or, <laughs> i've had that <laughs> many <laughs> times and uh you know i mean what do you tell them when they <laughs> ask you that <laughs> I mean, if I don't know him, I just, I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to find out, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I usually respond time, like, I usually respond like, uh, yeah, when he's hungry. <laughs> yeah. one, one time when I was, uh, I had, I had went somewhere and instead of taking the bus, I decided to just walk back. It was maybe about five or six blocks and I was walking and I passed this car and there were like these four guys in there and i don't know what they were doing but it probably wasn't no good because it was like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night oh, <laughs> and they were like oh they were like oh shit he's got a dog and they all like jumped out the car and you know they, <laughs> oh i don't shit. know i've i've had like the assumption that the dog is a drug dog i've had that a couple times actually so you know <laughs> speaking of that so there was one time um I was in training with my dog, right? And we're getting close to finishing up. I think it was like a few days before I finished training. And I got on the bus with my with my trainer, my GDMI. And uh, we're sitting on the bus. She was sitting next to me. And my dog was sitting between my legs. Um, these two dudes get on the bus. And you can tell they were on something, right? And he's sitting in front of us. And they're just staring at my dog. And he's like, oh, what, what kind of dog is he? I'm like, oh, he's, he's a yellow lab. Like, oh, he's seems pretty smart. Uh, can he sniff drugs? And my my GDMI is like, yeah, probably so. And he's like, oh. And he, he quickly gets off the bus, <laughs> just stands there and waits for the next bus. And I start laughing, like, what the hell? Like, are you kidding me? Like, is that, are they that scared of the dogs? Like, I don't think he probably can smell the drugs, but I don't think he knows what it is. <laughs> so it's just so it's it's weird how. People related to the uh, a cop dog. No, I got, I, at least yeah. he texts me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've I've run into 
drug dogs with my dog at the airport. Yeah. And, um, and one time when I was in college, they were searching the dorms and they like the dog, like stepped in my room and they're like, do you have any uh, narcotics in here? I'm like, no, sir. And he's like, why did our dog stop here? I'm like, well, there's about 10 pounds of dog food right there. Maybe he's hungry. I don't know. And, some dog food and, some dog treats. And, and, you know, I guess I just talked to the resident director later and she was like, yeah. She's like, I told him that you were in the building and you had a dog. And I was like, oh, well, you know, they knocked on the door at like seven in the morning or whatever time it was. And of course, you know, I don't know what's going on. I opened the door. The dog wedges herself between me and the door frame and shoots out of there. And the cops are like, get your dog, get your dog, get your dog. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm looking at their dog and I'm going, hey there, puppy, you know. <laughs> If you don't bother the dog, it won't bother you. uh, (laughs) It was, yeah, that's right. I don't, I mean, I'm glad nothing, you know, nothing serious happened, but who knows? I mean, you just don't know, you know, police dogs. I mean, you just, you don't know, you know, so. I've been kind of scared of that because I did, um, we did pass by a few uh, uh, German Shepherd cop dogs and uh, I'm always wondering, like, hopefully the dogs isn't like, you know, they're dogs, they're not robots, you know, so I hope their dog doesn't lunge at my right. dog, you know, so I'm like, uh I'm always I always get nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um okay, with that being said, um, what are some things that we can do, um, or even the society people can do to help us raise awareness about uh canes and guide dogs and, and basically blind people uh traveling I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I think kind of like we were saying before, just, you know, as far as education and then kind of the one person at a time thing. I mean, ideally if we could reach a lot of people, you know, at once, let's say just like a more broad message and, you know, in an ideal world that we'd be able to do that. But I guess I still feel like it, it kind of starts at that, you know, that individual one-on-one level. Um, but I, I do think in general, you know, blind people should absolutely be out there in the community. You know, if, if they're not working, you know, they should be voting, going to the polling place and using the accessible machine if they have access to that. Um, you know, they should be going to the store and then doing as much as they can, you know, physically, obviously, independently, just to, you know, at the very least prove in a sense that you know we are capable and in terms of canes or dogs or whatnot you know these are our tools that help us successfully be independent and really allow us to do that and those different activities that we would not be able to do without those those tools or those animals okay matt what do you think yeah i mean obviously one person at a time never heard anything but you know, if you ever have a chance to talk to a group or, you know, give some education like that, you know, go for it. Obviously, uh, that documentary on Netflix that just came out about the um, the dogs, the the name is completely escaping me right now. Pick of the litter. Pick of the litter. Is that on Netflix? Yeah. 
Yeah, on Netflix. I thought it was on Disney. Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. It's on the interweb. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think, you know, people are always interested in in dogs, obviously, before canes. But, you know, if you can, you know, use that kind of material. I mean, because people need to see that, you know, we all live normal normal lives and have normal problems like everybody else does. And, uh, you know, that just because we can't see doesn't mean that, you know, we don't deal with a lot of the challenges that, you know, aside people do, you know, we just sometimes do things in a different way and, you know, yeah, uh, engage in some creative problem solving. But, uh, you know, that's, I mean, you know, I, the more that people can see that blind people are, you know, normal folk, then the better off we'll all be, you know? Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, I appreciate y'all joining me on the podcast. Um, definitely have to get you guys sending y'all stories soon, but for now I'll let you guys say bye and uh, plug whatever you guys want to plug, whether it's ACB related or, you know, no, Greg, I, I, I still believe you should plug your podcast on my podcast. So, <laughs> um, I'll let y'all uh, say the final words. Sure. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on Steven. This was awesome. Definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, so I do host a podcast myself called eyes free sports. And if you just go to eyesfreesports.com, you can find all the episodes. Or on Facebook and Twitter, just search for Eyes Free Sports. You can follow the uh, social media pages. And then also, um, I'm also at Greg the Writer, one word, G-R-E-G-T-H-E-W-R-I-T-E-R on Twitter. There you go. Matt, anything to plug? <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just say thanks for having me and... Like I said, I'll save all the plugs for all the nonprofits I work for, but um, <laughs> for free. And uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's, I appreciate it's been it. good. I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a good one. Tell the kids I said hi, and tell the wife I said hi. I'll tell them. All right, bye, guys. All right, all right. Thanks, Stephen. Take it easy, man. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode of My Blind Life. Happy White Cane Day to all of you. Go out there and spread awareness for the blind community. Thank you to Matt Selm. Thank you to Greg Lindbergh for joining me on this episode. Um, I will be going on hiatus for a little bit, just for a little bit over a month, but I'll be back in late November, all right? So don't sweat it, but I'll be back. So bye, guys. Boom, and I'm out.